0: And welcome back to the hottest marriage show in the world. It is I, John D. A.K.A. Too Much. And my wife. Kanika. A.K.A. I do. And we are doing Too Much podcast where we come together like Voltron. (laughs) And now, um, like hypothetically, we are, if we're going to go by the, the average of mankind in the western world people die at 78 so we're kind of over over the uh Mm -hmm. mark right Mm -hmm. so what do you think is a valuable lesson you've learned up until this point like what what lesson did you learn where you feel like you had to live this long to figure it out that part, like you, it wasn't somebody could give you this information. Mm-hmm. It was like,
1: hmm. Okay. Can you go first?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I have a, a lot of them, but you know, just <clears throat> I didn't realize how narrow minded I was mm-hmm. because in my head, I thought I was open minded about everything. Mm hmm. And it, I really did. I thought I was like, if you were talk, to talk about an open-minded person, I thought I was like, I'm open to listening to everybody because I believe in everything, you know? And then when I found out that how narrow-minded my view was, I was. it was like, a. Um, you can't believe everything you learn. Mm. So the lesson was like, you know no you can't you can't ever get enough information and if you get enough uh information it's okay to change your mind and that was that's that was like a huge lesson for me because i didn't realize how limited the information that you know they feed you in school mhm you know you only get one view and everybody in the united states pretty much gets that view mhm so, that was that lesson, like, uh, you can't ever learn enough. Just keep looking, and if you seek, you shall find.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I think uh, my lesson is similar in the fact of I learned that once you're aware that there is implicit bias and that everyone has it, uh-huh. you're you're Hold on.
0: better <clears throat> you said everyone has it right yeah yeah I just want to make sure because people sometimes believe because they're in a certain profession that because they say they're not supposed to have it that they don't have it
1: yeah and and I was talking to somebody about that how they felt like um doctors know our intention is to come and help everybody so doctors can't have implicit no they shouldn't but everybody does all humans have implicit bias and so um knowing that then that makes me feel like even when you think you're open-minded, yeah, there's somewhere where the door is closed. So, um, that really like when I come in contact with things that I immediately utilize because if you listen to you know our previous conversation when we were talking about implicit bias, it's like your brain is creating shortcuts. Yeah. It's already come in contact with this group or it thinks it has, or it's gained enough information where it will lean on those previous bits of knowledge and then skip over it and then move on to other things that it's not familiar with. And that's what your brain is going to work to process on. And so when you come in contact with people knowing that you have implicit bias, it makes you pause just a little bit more to be like, okay, let me make sure that when I'm looking at this situation, I'm not bringing in these preconceived notions about who people are before I make this decision. And so um, that was one of the lessons. When I grew up, I always thought I grew up in a really diverse place. Like I knew a lot of different people um, and I never had any problems with them. Everything was all fun and games, even though I might've stuck to black people more um, or I stuck to people who I thought might be heterosexual. It doesn't mean that that's was who I was actually hanging with all the time, but also... Um, I really thought I had this wide range and the older I got and the more people I met, the more I understood that I wasn't really like I had these ideas about people and I was using my shortcuts.
0: Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah.
1: so like as an example, and it actually went in reverse uh, when I was working in, um, A north suburb of Georgia. My last job before we left for Abu Dhabi. And I love this job. And I love these people. And I dealt with it was all white people. Except one Iranian woman. And generally they were older women. Um, Had I met these women at any other part of my life. I might have like and not had to work with them every day. I would have had ideas about who they were. And, um, even the younger women, but because I knew them from day to day and working with them, I really, really liked them. And I think I had said this before, I won't friend people on social media if I work with them. So after we moved to Abu Dhabi, I friended, well, I accepted friend requests from some of them. And then I realized that they were like really off the charts, like, um, how I would perceive I used to call them, uh, mountain people. In the northern part of Georgia, and so um, some of their ideas were very Trump-like, and you know this was—we left for Abu Dhabi right before the the campaigning season really started for that election, and I had already liked them, and then they were posting stuff and giving their their thoughts and ideas and and on on situations that were so far outside of the norm of what I thought. And even the person I knew them to be, I was like, Oh shoot. So like the shortcut I had about them, I actually seeing them in their personal life, how they view things. It made me go back and rewrite some of the things, but I couldn't rewrite them the way I did. Like the way I generalize some people who support Trump. I couldn't do that for them because I knew them on a personal level So it was like, they were like, they were like in an in-between space for me. Mm -mm. And so um, it was weird because people, if I'd have met them in any other situation or saw their posts online, I would have already decided who they were. And when I met them at work, I'd have been like, "Mm -mm. I ain't ain't messing with this person. But it kind of went backward. But all of that had taught me. And even like when we lived overseas, the different people, it was kind of like in college, you're, you're around a bunch of different people, but you stick to your people. Right. And so when we were in Abu Dhabi, the majority of the people that I interacted with until I started actually working in the schools were black people. There's a small community of black people, but we were all, you know, that was what I knew. And so, um, I came to realize the more I was put in positions where I was talking to people who weren't like me, I realized how many shortcuts I had on ideas of who people were. And it wasn't always a a harmful shortcut of an idea, but at the same time, it didn't allow people to be individuals, and it definitely narrowed my idea of who people were and put them down to just a few characteristics that weren't fair. And so um, having learned that I have implicit biases because I feel like, you know, I was one of those people would be like, black people, we can't be racist. I still believe that. But I do believe we could be prejudiced. And um, because racism, it involves a whole system. But I do believe that we can be prejudiced to things. And I definitely feel like because we are generally the underdogs and oftentimes pushed off more than any other group, especially black women when you think about intersectionality and how you know if you're a part of multiple underrepresented groups or minoritized groups then it exponentially impacts you when i'm looking at it i'm like okay i it when i'm looking at people i'm looking at people and i'm giving them all of the all of the free space to be who they are and i'm really open-minded and i don't have any like i'm the person who feels like i don't have no implicit biases but I've learned that I do,
0: yeah.
1: And knowing you do, it's like knowing is half the battle. Knowing that you do, it allows me that when I meet people, I try to be, I try to open the door just a little bit more, and it it reminds me of Lil Wayne. <laughs> I love this song Lil Wayne does. I think it's called Dope Gospel, and in one part he was like, um, "Keep in mind I'm a Negro, so my open mind got a screen door," mm-hmm. and that's how I operate a lot of the times like I have a very very open mind about people but I have a certain level of protection that I keep up because I'm like "Mm." in general this is how I see this group so I do have to still stay a bit protected but I I think I have the most open mind you know I'm very open-minded I'm learning for myself now that I can't really do that I can't really say that um and so I take the time to just check myself when i'm coming into new situations and be like okay what bias am i bringing into this real quick before i start talking you
0: you do practice that yes i try
1: i try to do that because i'm in so many situations in which i'm with different groups Mm -hmm. and um they might not be groups that i've worked with personally where i can connect that often and in order to soften myself and make sure that people are not just fitting these characteristics that my shortcuts have created. Yeah. I really have to sit there and be like, okay, these are all individuals. And I just have to learn from the individuals. And then from there, you know, it helps me to shut off those biases that I may have about a whole group. I'm looking at the individual.
0: That's dope though. Like that's what I want.
1: Yeah. Well that's that's the thing that I think has been most valuable in me learning. And it helps me to relate today in Dallas because they don't have the screen door you know, I have it. Yeah. And so, um, and sometimes I have the screen door and I got the, the door closed just a little bit. Shoot, the storm door is up and I'm up. Sometimes <sighs> I have the door closed a little bit and I'm peeking out. So I have to be mindful that my kids are going in like full throttle into the And sometimes I'm actually trying to impose my implicit bias on my kids. yeah. And that, <clears throat> because of how they respond to me and they correct me, it it's really, really helped me to see, like, I want to make sure that I'm definitely um, equipping my kids, but I don't want to weaponize them against people. And they're actually stopping me from doing that, which I appreciate. But I don't ever want to be the person that they got to stop me from giving them what I have to give. You know what I'm saying? So I got to kind of clean that up. So that's my valuable lesson.
0: That's that's. um that's a different definitely a different way to look at it and um especially with the kids because the way you want to teach is the way that you learned it and you know that hey i want you to have this <laughs> and you you know and it's like you don't know it's outdated like yeah. you know it's like for a specific group of people that this is for and yep they are rarely going to even interact with anybody to use mm-hmm. those skills that you're trying to protect them from.
1: And I think that we we talked about that before, where it's like this is the world that we're protect, preparing them for is not the world that they're in. Yeah, And we're preparing them for it. Like I used to tell Day in Dallas, like a lot of the people my age that grew up with me are in these positions. So you got to know what people are thinking. You got to know what possibly could be going on. But we're realizing more and more that our kids really are not living in the world we lived in. Like, as an example, on Friday, I went to um, Dallas, had an event at his school, and I volunteered. And so we're sitting there and we're waiting to go to our different stations for their little holiday, um, you know, festivities or whatever. And they said, "Okay, parents, we need you to just sit in the hallway and wait until the kids have transitioned to their next class, and then we'll let you go. So me and this mother are sitting there, and we're watching people. We're watching the kids walk by, and I can't help. Like, my head is turning left to right like a tennis match because I'm, like, watching all these kids go by me. And I'm surprised at a few things. She was like, wow, they dress very differently than we were in school. And I was like, yeah. She was like, it's very casual here. And I was like, yeah. So there were kids in like pajama pants and Crocs and stuff. But I think it was like a theme of wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. So kids just started wearing whatever was Christmas themed. And so they had these pajama pants on and, you know, maybe ugly sweaters or whatever. But this is what caught my eye. So there were girls going by me wearing leggings and sports bras. Now, it's not like your sports bra and then you put, it's like your workout You know, when women wear workout clothes, and then they have the matching set, and the top is like a sports bra. So the girls are wearing these, we're going to call them crop tops, crop top sports bras. I can't stop it from being a sports bra because that's what it was. But it was... At first I was like, oh, they must be doing something like, you know, our cheerleaders sometimes they walk around and they ain't really dressed like everybody else. So I was like, maybe they're doing something. No. I just kept seeing more and more girls. They some of them had like a zip-up hoodie. Uh, most of them didn't, but it was leggings and these crop top sports bras. And I was like, this this is not a, this is not what I'm thinking we should be wearing at school, right? And so The mother, she said something else to me, and I could tell that she was zeroing in on the fact that, like, somebody, the girls, I was like, oh, my God. We would have never been able to dress like that. (laughs) And so um, earlier this year, Day wore a crop hoodie, and her hoodie, it wasn't like this. It definitely went um, above, at or above the navel. It was like an adult woman's crop top hoodie, but Day is very, very small. So you could definitely see a hint of her waistline from her sweatpants. And John was like, absolutely not. You are not wearing this. And the boys are going to look at you like this. And Dave was like, girls wear, like she's trying to describe what the other girls are wearing. She was like, nobody cares about that. Everybody just wears whatever they want. And she was like, there are girls that wear really short cropped tops and, and it's nothing like what I'm wearing. And I don't understand. And John was like going on and on about how it wasn't appropriate. And she was like, I don't get it. When I went to that thing this Friday, I said, <laughs> Oh, this is what she was saying. She said, Oh no. See, cause people are wearing bras. <laughs> I'm not is,
0: even wearing is, a bra. This is middle school. And this, this ain't is even a, high school. Yeah.
1: This isn't even high school. So you can already imagine. And so, um, You know, when we were talking about it, I was explaining to John, and he was like, look, I taught in schools, but maybe these kids really are just that different, that nobody is paying attention. But to us, and having been in school systems, and having been, I mean...
0: Exposed to other kids, that's really... interested in looking at things like that
1: yeah and it's like this group like the boys weren't thinking about them girls they were running around here trying to play games and chasing each other and the girls were walking around looking like some girls and i was like wow i mean in in my head i feel like you know girls shouldn't have to dress for fear of what boys what boys will be distracted by i feel like girls should be able to do you know, do whatever feels good to them as long as they're respecting themselves. But when I was sitting here watching, I was like, these these dudes really are not paying attention to these chicks at all. They're just out here. Do- Everybody's just living their life. But it's definitely not what it looked like when I was in high school. You would have never been able to see that at all. And so um, not only seeing it, but also seeing the response or lack of response in the environment was like, wow. Like, they really are living in a world that's not ours.
0: Yeah. I was about to say, like, uh, I just kind of wanted to keep the distraction away from Day when I didn't want her to wear that. Because I know the type of kid I was. And I was like, I don't think I I didn't have any bad intentions, but I didn't Mm -hmm. I didn't want my kid to be exposed to, like, a kid that is ignorant as I was. And I'm not realizing that. My daughter's growing up in a total different environment than I grew up in and you know the kid is different. And <laughs> I'm not tripping off of that. It was and then I you know I just I told Kanika that I always wanted to uh, err on the safety side of anything. You know, it's not like somebody's going to say, "Okay, I'm not going to like be interested in day because she won't wear a crop top."
1: <laughs> <laughs> they still come in, <laughs> you know regardless. What
0: I'm so, I get it. And uh, that that made me realize how how old I am because I'm worried about something that I see. I've even worked in environments as an adult where this was serious, you know, and I know the type of attention, you know, that that I don't want to bring to young ladies because young ladies are exposed to just ignorance way too soon. And a lot of times it can come from attire attracting an older male because you can see, like you said, you were in the middle school and the guys were just playing like they ain't thinking about nothing like that. Mm -mm. So I just think like maybe a young lady's getting attention from somebody older because they're wearing those things. And an older guy is going to say words way better than somebody her age. So I don't want women to get compromised, especially my daughter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I understand that. I think it was just interesting to – when Day was like – John was saying all this stuff about boys and distractions and boys doing this and doing that, and Day was like, everybody is just, like, being themselves. Like, it's not like that. Like, nobody cares. Nobody – and growing up where we have and working where we have, it's like you may not notice it. That doesn't mean it's not happening.
0: Yeah. But –
1: when I was watching, and true enough, these are younger kids, but shoot, they were eighth grade. They're gonna be in ninth grade next year, yeah. And so I was, I was like, you know, it really. I feel like if that's what they see, and they're not responding, that's not gonna be the thing that's gonna catch their attention because it's gonna be commonplace for them, yeah. So it might also be the other thing was, it in our environments like there are, I think I've talked about, their school is very diverse. It's not as diverse with black people as it is with um, people from the Asian continent, all of, all across the western to the eastern part, and um, the shape of bodies. So the girls were showing their bodies, but I think in your experience before, there was definitely a difference of teachers or administration policing black girls wearing the same thing that white girls wearing because of the shapeliness that black girls tend to have in comparison yeah so in this case because the environment isn't really like i mean i definitely saw some black girls that were dressed how the girl black girls was dressing like the white girls too it wasn't like it was just a certain group of girls. I was like everybody, there were girls from every group that I saw just like, except the Indian girls, I don't think. But, um, but uh, it just wasn't, it just wasn't addressed like that.
0: Yeah. I think um, you are just a product of your environment Mm -hmm. and no matter how much we think we know what they're thinking, it's still a different environment. And maybe the, uh, like, that's what I think that's how how you get old when you believe that whatever that you grew up with is still relevant.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Y'all, we have timed out.
0: Yes. We have
1: timed out and the world they live in is not our world. And I learned more and more like listening to the kids, but that was my opportunity to see it. And I was like, wow, like we really are old school and the people that I fuss about. In Congress, that are like seventy years old and making these decisions, like I am that person to them, yeah, you know that that thirty year difference is is different, you know what I'm saying, so it's like, wow, we are to someone we are old,
0: no we I mean in and, our
1: thought processes,
0: and I'll say this, um, I told you that old is when you when you're stuck on something and you um are not trying to grow and understand why somebody might see it differently, mm-hmm. but I think we are old, but <laughs> um, but we don't want to be. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we <laughs> we are open minded. It's it's just that we haven't we don't have anybody to say hey y'all should do this. So it's like we have to have these conversations. Like what can we do to like continue to at least be able to protect our kids the best way we know how mm-hmm. without giving them old fashioned tips to <laughs> to mm-hmm. like to something that, like you know i'm not i'm not there anymore
1: but like day why don't you have a slip underneath that dress that's really how it feels at this point so i think that's one of the things i'm constantly trying not to be the old person you know i want to be The person that – I know that I'll never be young in the mind as everybody. I'm never going to stay as fresh as the new age. You know what I'm saying? But I do – I don't want to hinder people. That's the one thing. Even with my own thoughts and my ideas and stuff, I don't want to be the person that's creating barriers because this is how I grew up and this is probably the way – this is the best way for you. I don't know that because I don't know the world that y'all are coming into. You know, so.
0: Yeah. That's this – excuse me <laughs> that's um it's so crazy because just thinking about the type of parents we want to be and just thinking like like who do we even get to talk to about this each other yeah you know it's 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 so crazy how just the idea of conversation through parenting is it's different in everybody's household
1: But, you know, it's funny because a lot of our friends have kids much younger than us. And in talking with them, I think that we offer a really good idea of what they're coming into that Mm -hmm. we didn't have. Yeah. Like, we didn't have the a lot of friends with kids older than us that could kind of say this is what's coming and prepare yourself. At least now, when we're telling – like, I'll talk to my girlfriends about – you know day in Dallas and stuff and it kind of and they'll weigh in on it even though their kids may be much younger than ours but it definitely at least gives them yeah, somebody heads
0: up like you know <laughs> like okay this is a possibility yeah you know even if it doesn't happen it's it's cool to know like this is an option but when you don't you just just when anything happens you're like okay I guess this is one of those things like you we're know.
1: constantly on a crash course trying to figure it out Yeah. yeah
0: for sure Anybody you want to give a shout-out to before we get out of here?
1: Um, Lil Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Lil Wayne. I do love that song. I'm probably going to go listen to it right now. But, uh, no, I don't have anybody.
0: That, well, give it to Lil Wayne then.
1: Lil Wayne and Nivea because I love that song.
0: Well, um, I want to give a shout-out to everybody out there who is who's really – trying to improve their life. When I say that, I know nobody's out there, like, <laughs> just trying to, like, let's, let's see if I can mess my life up. But when you're like, you know what? I'm going to actively improve things in my life so I can live a better one. Those of you that are, like, making those conscious decisions that I'm I'm going to improve my life, shout out to you because it's so easy to just do what you've always been doing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it takes a different type of will to say, you know, I I, I want to improve my life. I know what I have now. Let's see what it can look like if I can get to a hundred percent. And those of you that have started or even thinking about it, congratulations, because the journey is wonderful when you can just look forward to new things opening up because you figured it out. I'm telling you, it's like warp zones, and I'm telling you, it's some really good stuff out here. Mm. So uh, y'all make today better than yesterday. Don't worry about anything you can't control. G-A-T-A, get after that action, or that action will get after you. Be great on purpose. Boom.